are tuning in to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. My name is Bree, and you can find me at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. Check out the show notes for more information, including a link to my website. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I am going to jump right in. Now, when I think about my yoga practice, I absolutely consider it to be lifelong on and off of the mat. And my guess is, is that you do as well. Now, when we think about the asana practice, that's the moving of the body into those cool little shapes, poses, and postures. We consider ourselves to be doing this robust studio practice where we strengthen the muscles, lengthen the spine, create flexibility in the body, all while moving to the breath, creating this mindful moving meditation, and connecting our mind, body, and spirit. And you know, all of that is absolutely true and beautiful. But if we're going to have a lifelong practice, it's really important to understand that during this lifetime, we might experience acute and or even chronic pain in the body. And when we have pain in the body, it can start to affect our mind. We can become depressed. We can have other debilitating responses to it. And we have to remember that yoga can actually help us to alleviate such pain, whether it's in the body or in the mind or all of the above. Now we're going to absolutely talk about all of that in today's episode, but I want to also point you to the show notes. We have talked about a discipline of yoga in the past called restorative, and it is just what it sounds like. It restores the body rather from pain or just from a stressful day. It's like the bubble bath of yoga, and it's a beautiful practice. And I also want you to remember, even though we enjoy the tough and rough vinyasa flows, we have to remember that practices such as restorative and slow hatha yoga or even yin yoga can be just if not more healthful for the body. So we always are looking for this connection to our parasympathetic nervous system, that rest and digest part of our body. Remember, The nervous system has a job to do and it's to keep you alive. So sometimes in order to do so, it has to become really heightened because it has no idea if you're standing on an edge of a cliff about to be doomed to your final day or if you're just in warrior three. So it is our job to breathe through and connect ourselves to a place of grounding. Now that's true whether you're practicing yoga or you're just living life off of the mat. We always want to try to create this calm state of being. Remember, fear is the lowest vibration and love being the highest. Love for yourself allows you to have that love and compassion for others. But we have to start with ourselves and it's really, really challenging to do that and to be in that state of mind when you're literally experiencing pain. So let's go ahead and let's talk even more in detail about all of this. 
So, did you know that one in five people worldwide suffer from moderate to severe chronic pain? In the United States alone, chronic pain affects more people than cardiovascular disease, cancer, and diabetes combined. So what is this chronic pain? It is any pain that persists for three months or longer. Now, anything less than that can be considered acute pain. So I like to think of the idea of having a migraine just lasting for time and time and time. And when we think about that, we have to remember how easy it is for that to eventually turn into symptoms of depression or even suicidal thoughts, or worse. And this can explain the idea of how easy it is to become, I think, addicted to and abusive of illegal drugs, as well as painkillers and opioids and all the things that we're experiencing here in the United States with these types of issues. And it's really important to start to wrap our minds around how we can alleviate this pain by using more healthful ways such as yoga. So that's really the goal and the idea is to try to figure this out, especially if you know you experience either acute or chronic pain, or if there's a time in life that this might become a challenge for you. So why do we have this issue in the body anyway? Well, it's an intense reaction from the nervous system. Remember, the nervous system's entire goal is to keep us alive, which is why in yoga, it's really important to breathe even more intently through the most challenging postures. Now, if you're standing on the edge of a cliff, your body is not sure if you're about to be doomed or if you're safe. So your nervous system might begin to overreact as you find yourself in this fight or flight response, which brings stressors up in the body and your adrenal glands begin to produce so that you can be prepared to run or fight or do whatever it is you need to do. Now, when we are breathing through a posture like warrior three, which can mimic standing on the edge of a cliff through your old amygdala lizard brain, we are actually signaling to the nervous system that we're calm, we're collected, and we're safe, which then actually activates the parasympathetic nervous system that rest and digest. And that's what I begin to imagine where all the healthy cells take over in the body. We can then experience stress from day-to-day living, but in a way that is not signaling to the body to get all the soldiers ready for battle. So when we are experiencing pain, that's just it. It's a concept where your body is starting to protect itself. So when you think of acute pain, somebody just comes up and punches you, right? You experience this acute pain or you're in a car accident or you hit your head or something along those lines. Your body will then prepare to start to protect and then heal you from that acute pain. Now, if that pain persists, what ends up happening is these neurotransmitters start to activate and then you can easily turn acute pain into more chronic long-term pain. So think about a car accident where you've hurt your back and of course it's acute and you're in pain in that moment. But then once the body can't heal itself, then these biochemical mediators basically overproduce soldiers for war, and then you stay in this very 
long-term chronic pain to try to protect the body from ever experiencing that acute pain again, which then in turn just creates a different type of pain. But your body doesn't really think of it that way, right? It's thinking it's solving one problem when it's technically in a way creating a new problem. So that's sort of the fast track biochemical lesson for us today. So watching this chronic pain in action is um, a way to really understand how you might be able to use practices such as yoga to help alleviate that pain and mitigate some of the symptoms that are being caused. Now, usually when pain is acute, the signal that your body's getting will stop once the cause of the pain is resolved. So if I hit my knee right now, like on the end of a coffee table, I'm going to experience acute pain. But if I rub on it or I put some ice on it or whatever I need to do, then the pain eventually goes away and the neurotransmitters basically stop sending signals to that knee that we're still in pain. But again, if I cannot fix that pain, it can become chronic, okay? So I think we understand how all of that works. Now, there's this part of your brain that has these sensations that send signals to the body to calm the body down. And when you're practicing yoga, particularly when you're practicing meditation or pratyama, or a combination of both, you can actually rewire the brain over time. And you can also do this with lots of other practices. Music therapy can do that on certain frequencies. You can do that with um, other types of practices like working with horses, working with dogs, working with animals. There's so many, but essentially what you're doing is you're rewiring how your brain is thinking about pain. Now, we do this a lot when we think about those who suffer from PTSD. There's a lot of triggers that come up from trauma because there's deep things buried in the back of the subconscious. So you may consciously know that firecrackers are about to go off because it's July 4th in the United States. But when you hear the fireworks go off, you may have flashbacks of when you were fighting in Iraq. And one part of you has this logic and the other part of you has this reaction. Well, we can think of pain physically the same way that we can think of trauma mentally. Okay. So how does this all work when we think about our practice of yoga? And that's what's really important. And that's what we're going to talk about right after this quick, quick announcement. Hello, yogis. It's me, Breezy Bree. Did you know that we have over 300 published episodes on the yoga podcast with over half a million downloads in less than two years? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving me your listening ears. Check out today's show notes where you will find a link to the Nomadic Yoga Festival. Get your VIP tickets today as I am a presenter coming this May. I love you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Go in peace. Namaste. Welcome back. So you might be asking yourself, how does yoga relieve chronic pain? 
Now, research shows that yoga has the opposite effect on your brain as chronic pain does. We have to remember that chronic pain actually triggers changes in the brain structure. And these same changes are linked to depression, anxiety, and impaired cognitive function. So practicing yoga actually can rewire the brain in a more healthy way, the same way that chronic pain and even trauma rewires the brain and the nervous system reacts to that rewiring. So when we think about this brain structure, this altering that takes place from chronic pain, the brain imaging studies that have been done show that chronic pain actually leads to changes in gray matter volume and the integrity of white matter connectivity. Now the gray matter is home to the neurons in specific brain regions, while white matter is actually creating the communication lines between your various brain regions. So why does this matter to you? Because we have to think about the idea that when we practice yoga, it is literally creating the opposite. So it's strengthening what the chronic pain is weakening. And that's really important, especially from a proactive stance, but also from a reactive stance. Now, there's been a lot of studies done on chronic pain, and they're trying to figure out if it can be prevented or even reversed through mind-body practices. Lifestyle choices such as practicing yoga or meditation have actually shown to reduce pain perception and offset the effects of age-related decreases in gray matter volume while helping to maintain white matter integrity. Now, why does this matter to you? Think about being 90 years old and hitting your knee on that coffee table. A pain that when you were in your 20s, for instance, just as an example, would be over from an acute standpoint within minutes might linger and become a chronic pain when you're 90. So when you're practicing a practice such as yoga or meditation or all of the above, you might actually be able to keep the same type of reaction from the nervous system perspective to that acute pain to the knee in your 90s as you would in your 20s, just being generous with the ages here. So we have to consider the idea that agelessness or anti-aging efforts go way beyond aesthetics. Although it would be nice to look youthful forever, it's really about creating a youthful body, a youthful spine, a youthful nervous system. So I really want you to think about that more than anything. Now, reduced gray matter volume can lead to memory impairment, emotional problems, decreased cognitive functioning, and hyperconnectivity of white matter tracks between brain areas associated with negative emotions and pain perception, which can actually hardwire these corresponding states of mind. So you could actually think you're in pain when you're not, which can be known as like a pseudo pain effect. So feeling like you have lower back pain when you don't, things of that nature is an effect of the brain and not so much even more of the body. When they've done tests on the nerves in the body to see what's going on, 
Things look healthy, but the brain is still sending the signal of no, 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 you're still in pain. And there's been tons of studies to show that when people have limbs removed, they can still feel pain in a leg that no longer exists on the body. So the mind is so powerful. And that is also why it's really important to do mind-body connections. You always want to, well, I don't want to say always, you want to attempt to get to a place where at some point you can connect the mind-body whenever you need to. Now, those who've suffered from trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder, or anything in between, because not all trauma leads to PTSD, but all PTSD is definitely trauma, but there's lots of different variations of trauma, you can actually lose the connection of your mind and your body. Why is that? Well, the mere need to survive will allow you to do things and disassociate and disconnect in ways to keep you healthy, keep you alive. It's the job of the nervous system. So we want to try to get back to that place no matter what it takes to be able to really make that connection again. And now you're seeing why. It goes deeper than just experiencing chronic pain, right? It's about also recovering from that chronic pain and your nervous system and all the transmitters and the neurons relaxing and knowing that it's over, not still sending signals that it's still happening, okay? Now, yoga appears to bulk up gray matter through neurogenesis and strengthen white matter connectivity through neuroplasticity. So it does this because it's able to have this pain reduction in the brain anatomy. Now, there's a lot of things that are going on, but they believe that the cerebral cortex are the most well, I believe the cerebral cortex, the insula or internal structures of the cerebral cortex are actually the most significant players involved in chronic pain. Now, when I was studying um, microbiology and cellular biology and all of that, a big part of the studies were talking about chronic pain and how it can lead to the multiplying of cells and and obviously not the healthy cells, which can then lead to other issues in the body, some being obviously cancer. So there's so many things that we have to be mindful of, not just stress, but also how we perceive our own pain in our own body. So let's go ahead and let's talk about yoga in a deeper, deeper way. Now, I've already mentioned restorative yoga, and I've talked about it on the podcast. I will link and previous episode in today's show notes, I highly encourage you to think about listening and learning as much as you can about restorative yoga. Not only if you're suffering from chronic pain or even trauma, but if you're new to yoga, this is a great place to begin. And it's also a nice, nice compliment to your regular practice of whether it's vinyasa flow or any other vigorous type of yoga practices or even anything off of the mat. If you practice any other type of disciplines, a restorative practice is just that. It's restoring the body back. I feel like I don't do enough of restorative practice in my own personal practice. So I will talk about it a little bit more because I think that it's important when we think about taking up yoga. Now, I teach yoga for beginners, 
And I love talking to beginners. I teach a monthly workshop called Yoga 101. And people come to that workshop to learn more about yoga, how they can add it to their lives. And an overwhelming majority of people that come to the workshop tend to be the more elderly population and those who have chronic pain or ailments, injury, former injury, things of that in the body. So they're coming to relieve pain, not just stress from their day-to-day lives. And what I found is also those are the practitioners that want to learn the most, which is also why they're at the 101 workshop, because they really have tried probably everything that they can think of, and they cannot figure out how to get healthy in a way that allows them to have good night rest, and start to enjoy other activities. And yoga in itself, just going to a yoga class, yoga flow or hatha yoga, moving the body with breath, things of that nature, holding postures for longer periods of time, although are great for most people, if you are already suffering from pain in the body, it may not be the place you wanna begin. I mean, even the most basic yoga class can still be a lot on the mind-body connection for someone who is completely experiencing discomfort in the body, not connected to their root chakra, and completely misaligned in so many other ways. So if you can get to a restorative yoga class, this is a great place to start even over yoga for beginners. Now, restorative yoga is a practice that is all about slowing down and opening your body through passive stretching. Now, if you could take a restorative class, or if you have, or if you do, you may hardly move at all. During just a few postures, you will actually begin to open up areas of the body. So you might only do a handful in one particular class. So it is completely different than most contemporary yoga classes, especially in studio. Now, the majority of yoga classes are an active practice in which you move from pose to pose, building heat and increasing your strength and flexibility in equal measure. Now, the general trend in yoga is toward more athletic and acrobatic styles of practice. Now, during the long holds of restorative yoga, however, your muscles are allowed to relax deeply. It's a unique feeling because props rather than your muscles are used to support your body. Now, restorative classes are very mellow, making them a good complement to more active practices as well as our busy lives. Now, as an excellent antidote to stress and also pain, and stillness is a powerful practice. Now, clinical research into restorative yoga has found that it can decrease depression in cancer survivors, improve symptoms of anxiety, depression, and pain symptoms in cancer patients as well, and also help patients manage the toxicity of cancer treatments. I actually taught restorative yoga in a cancer treatment center um, for a series of, I guess they were kind it wasn't a workshop series, but just like a class series. And it was so awesome to work with patients in that way. Now, it is all about the props. They are used extensively to support your body so you can hold postures for longer periods of time. Now, these postures are usually adapted from any seated postures or lying on your back type postures with the addition of blocks, bolsters, blankets to eliminate unnecessary straining. So you might take something that you would normally do 
lying on your back and just add props to make it really comfortable. Well, let's use this for example, a seated forward bend. So you can come into this posture in a restorative place by placing a bolster or several folded blankets on top of your legs. And then when you forward fold, you're going to fold on top of that prop. Okay. So this actually allows you to fully support your forward bend and it allows your entire torso to rest. Now, legs up a wall, for instance, is a classic restorative pose all in its own, but you can also act, or should I say add, because <laughs> the wall also acts as a prop, but you can add anything like blankets under your um, lumbar spine, or you can add a bolster under your body, or you can add a block under your tailbone, things of that nature. So what can you expect in a restorative class? You can prepare yourself for deep, deep relaxation. When you attend a restorative class, you will have a lot of props. They will be arranged by the teacher, most likely for you. And the lights will probably be really dimmed and the music will be really soft. And you can actually wear warmer clothes and keep your socks on because you'll be holding postures for longer and you want to keep your body nice and warmed up. And you may even cocoon yourself in blankets for some more coziness. This is also great to do at home if you have some props as well. And you can actually hold a posture for up to 10 or 20 minutes. Now these passive poses, you're going to be focusing on ease and release. You are going to be engaging in your breath work. For some, you may actually fall asleep. And if you do fall asleep, this is a sign that the nervous system is recalibrating to a rest and digest versus flight or flight. So you will continue to focus on your breath if you can, as I mentioned, and you may even be talked through a gentle meditation or something if the teacher adds something in like a yoga nidra, for instance. Now, remember, you may only do four or five poses throughout a course of the entire class. And at the end of the session, your body will feel open and refreshed. You may even feel a little sore from the deep stretching the next day. This is important for you to stay hydrated before and after restorative class. And once you learn the basic setups for a few postures, it's easy to do this on your own at home. You'll need a few props such as blankets or a bolster or pillows or blocks and all of that, okay? So this is really great. It's an excellent way to not only help with chronic pain, but relieve stress. Um, you can have long, a long meditative type mindfulness practice while you're doing this. You can create the stillness of a mind-body connection and you start to get used to it in a way that it allows you to benefit from it over time. So I highly recommend if you are suffering from chronic pain that this becomes a part of your regular practice three or four times a week. Like I said, get really hydrated. Whether you are using a guided meditation or you're in class or you're using music, stay connected with your breath. If you fall asleep, allow yourself to do so. You're going to really prop yourself up. This is a good time to look at pictures. If you're not doing this in class, you can really see how to utilize it for your body. And I like to end a nice restorative class by going to bed or taking a hot bath. So I said a lot in today's episode. I hope it resonated with you, especially if you're 
suffering from anything. I know those who suffer from nerve issues or fibromyalgia or chronic back pain, it can really become challenging to enjoy life. I invite you to really think about yoga as being a part of your practice. Also, a lot of other practices can really be beneficial as well. You know, not only restorative yoga, but meditation, pranayama, special musical, vibrational, um, medicinal practices, acupuncture, massage, Thai yoga, lengthening of the lens. We talked about Reiki last week crystal healing. I mean, I invite you to do everything you can think of because when you're in pain, your root chakra is out of alignment. It's really going to affect your creativity, your feeling of empowerment, your compassion for others and yourself, your ability to listen thoughtfully and seek to understand instead of being understood, your ability to connect with the spiritual side of yourself and so much more so it's important to stay grounded and the only way we could do that is to get out of any pain that you're feeling so i hope that this is just the beginning of your restoration of your mind body spirit connection i love you go in peace namaste I am so honored that you are listening to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. Never miss an episode. Download the free app on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Please also rate the show with five stars. I would greatly appreciate that. Visit me on my website at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. I include free yoga sequences every single month. You can leave a comment or message me and we can connect. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful personal practice. Namaste.